Hi, this is Vince Van Patten. You're listening to TV Confidential. Hey, Robertson, welcome back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. This is about to play part two of our latest conversation with actor and author James Rose and Jim's latest book, People, Places, and Me, is a memoir of his life and career as a working actor and a working writer, a career that saw Jim pursue his craft both in New York and Los Angeles, and a life that included a lot of experiences outside of show business that helped Jim's acting and writing career, including a life-changing six-month experience living on a kibbutz in Israel. Jim's book also includes anecdotes and remembrances of some of his encounters with the various people famous and otherwise who helped guide or encourage him at various stages in his life and career, one of whom was Jack Klugman. Jack Klugman, with whom Jim worked several times, both as an actor and as a screenwriter, on Quincy. My association with Jack Klugman was very uh, beneficial for me. He was like a father to me. I think he, he realized, like people that have experience, that when you're working with someone who's starting out, you know, they will, they will stumble. But as, as quickly as they fall, they get right back up and keep moving. And he understood that about me, and he was patient with me, and, and he uh, had a, a very good effect on me as, a, uh, as far as learning uh, the facets of acting and writing and working in television where you, uh, you know, having done the books you've done, you have to work very quickly and, and do the best you can at the same time. Two things. One is I think you're at six episodes of Quincy. The one that you're speaking of is the one with Frank Marth, which I believe won it won several awards around the time it was originally broadcast around 79 or 80 in recognition for its portrayal of the issues of coaching and sports and, and maybe losing focus on athletics. That had to be very, very gratifying. And you kind of hinted at this in your comment, but I remember in one of Jim's prior visits on our show, we did an hour where we paid tribute to Jack Klugman. It was, this is shortly after Jack passed. And you had what I would call an authentic Jack Klugman relationship. And you talked about this and that Jack was a very demanding person and Jack was a very passionate person. And sometimes Jack would yell at people but he wasn't yelling at you there's a method to his madness and and while you had a couple of moments where jack yelled at you it was out of his desire to get the best out of you like a good coach but to me the fact that you experienced that a couple of times that made it a truly genuine jack Klugman experience and i don't think he would have done that jim if he didn't think you would understand yeah, no, I, you know, uh, interesting thing, I, I think we talked about this before, when I was flying out, I was living in New York, and I was flying out to L.A. to work in an episode in Quincy that I had written, and I bumped into Tony Randall along the way, who lived uh, around the corner from me in Central Park West, and he was a very nice man, he was a dear man, but also very demanding and very professional and highly skilled. We talked about Odd Couple, he and Jack, and... When we parted company on 72nd Street, I started to walk away. He said, wait a minute, I want to tell you something. Uh, I walked back to him, and he put his hand on my shoulder, and he had this very fatherly look in his eye. He said, I want you to remember something. If Jack ever yells at you, 
I don't want you to take it personal. It's because he wants you to be better than you are. I never forgot that. And it showed that Jack cared, you know. Yeah. Again, he cared about you. He took a vested interest in you. You know, 30 years later, when the book came out, he was, you know, much older and not, and, and, and not in good health. And his, you know, his voice box was gone. And uh, we were talking on the phone. And I said, uh, I think he might have called me to tell me that he liked enjoyed the book. I told him the story about Tony Randall on 72nd Street that happened 30 years before. I had never told him that. Yeah. And all of a sudden there was silence at the end of the line. And then he said, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a chapter that Jim devotes uh, to Jack Klugman in his book, People, Places, and Me. People, Places, and Me, the memoir of Jim's life and career as a working actor and as a working writer, a career that saw Jim pursue his craft both in New York and in Los Angeles. People, Places, and Me, available exclusively at Jim's website, classictvseriesbooks.com. Calm. This is going back to when you were in your 20s. You had spent about three or four years in Los Angeles. You got a few acting credits under your belt. You did a couple of Adam 12s. You did a couple of Mannixes, both of which were top shows. So those are good credentials for any actor, especially someone who's still learning his craft. But you made an unusual choice. And I say unusual in that most people, once they have some credits, they, they become laser-focused and okay, I want to do the next big thing, but you felt that it would be better for you to take a few months off and get some more experiences that would benefit you as an actor. And one of the things you did was you spent six months in Israel living and working on a kibbutz. Tell us about that. Well, what I did was, first of all, I drove across country. I wound up driving across country four or five times during the course of my uh, New York and L.A. days of living. I drove cross-country, sold my car, flew to England, and then I took trains to Germany, bought a car in Wolfsburg, where they made the Volkswagens. And I, for three or four months, I traveled through 14 countries, sold the car, hitchhiked down the coast of Yugoslavia, and went to Greece. And from Greece, I flew to Israel. So I was you know, four months into my journey when I said, well, I'll go to Israel for three weeks and just to take travel around the country and see all the sites, and then I'll come back. I'll go back uh, to California, or maybe I'll try New York. Well, it didn't work out that way. I went to, I'd met a lady in Paris who had a friend that recruited volunteers on a kibbutz in Israel. They were in the British Army together in Palestine. And she was a teacher at the Sorbonne in Paris, very interesting lady. Her name was Yvette Raymond. And she said, when you get to Israel, look at my friend Hannah Lefkovich. Well, after I traveled for three weeks in Israel and saw all the sites I wanted to see, I went to the kibbutz. I figured I'll say hello to the lady and uh, just explore the kibbutz, see what it's like. It's agricultural and be interesting to experience. And then I'll, I'll fly home. Well, I wound up staying six months. I worked in the raising chickens. I worked in the orange groves. I worked in the cotton fields. I, I just loved it, you know, and it was a great feeling, and it, it was perfect for me at the time because I, I really needed a sense of community after traveling through all those countries by myself. 
I, I learned to speak Hebrew, which is the primary language for the Israeli people. As I look back on it, it was an invaluable experience because you really, you, you were faced with the basics of life, you know, just working hard every day, sharing with other people, eating good basic food, putting in a hard day's work and getting a good night's sleep at night. And that's the way those people lived. And uh, I had never had that kind of experience before. So I'm very happy that I did it. And I look back on that time in my life with a fondness. Well, here's my takeaway from that, Jim. Acting is a collaborative experience. I'm not telling you something you don't already know. Acting for television is especially a collaborative experience. Mm-hmm. And in some respects, you came to appreciate that. And in some respects, you came to develop that sense of collaboration further as a result of your time working on the kibbutz. Mm, interesting uh, point of view. Well, meaning it was it was a structured life, but you learned the concept of sharing and developed the sense of community and responsibility, which to me, that all speaks to the collaborative nature of your profession. Yeah, it's an interesting parallel, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the other takeaway is apparently you worked on the kibbutz in the early to mid-70s at the height of Hawaii Five-O's fame during its oh, first Oh, yeah, run. that was funny, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I, that story, and I... It's funny because I did, in New York, uh, I was attending a Broadway play one night, and I wound up sitting next to Jack Lord and his wife, and we talked, and I told him about that because he was, you know, very big in Israel. Uh, He was iconic in Israel, and uh, he got a big kick out of it. I was in Elat, uh, which is a resort area. You go south in Israel and pass through the desert, and you come to the resort area of Elat, and I got there at night, oh, I don't know, nine... 10 o'clock at night, and I went to a hotel, and it was everything was deserted. So I went up to the front reservation desk. They had a little thing to ring, which I did. And all of a sudden, this, this gargantuan man stuck his head out of the door a few paces away. And I said, I, I need a room. And he said, uh, come back. Come back in an hour. Uh, Hawaii Hamashefis. <laughs> in Hebrew, Hamashefis is 5-0, okay? So, so when I came back, I learned that really that, that everything shut down yeah. on, it was Wednesday or Thursday night from 9 to 10 or 10 to 11. I forget when they broadcast the show. Uh, it was that big. And, and when I told him, uh, Jack, uh, he, uh, uh, he got such a kick out of it, yeah. And then he suggested that, I, and, and, and what was nice with he and his wife, they both were very uh, fond of Jack Clubman. They were friendly and they worked together, uh, stage actors. When I told him and I was working for Jack and uh, really playing opposite him, he said to me, uh, 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 with sincerity, but with a wry smile, he says, why don't you write one, one an episode for us? <laughs> I said, well, that would be nice, you know, but it, it never happened. I never, you know, I I think three or four months later, I, I left L.A. and returned to, to New York. But uh, I, I, liked, I liked him. He was a nice man. Well, going back to the thread we talked about earlier, there was something about you, Jim, that people liked. And there's something about you, Jim, that people recognized, your talent, your skills. And there are many, many stories that you share in the book and that you've shared on a program of people who 
recognized your talent and encouraged you to keep doing it. Jack Lord is one example. Jack Klugman was another example. Bruce Willis, another example. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce was a friend of mine. He was a bartender at the, the cafe where I hung out. He would come and see me in plays. and Yeah, I never thought that uh, Bruce would achieve the... Uh, the status that he did, you know, uh, I just didn't. I'd be, I mean, I'd never, I'd never seen him act, but he, like many others, were always saying, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be in that play, and it never seemed to happen. But I, I always liked him. I, I had a lot of warmth and affection for him. He was, uh, he was a regular guy, and uh, one night I was doing a play off of Broadway, and he brought a date. He was the only one in the audience. <laughs> he and the girl, and but they laughed, and they were, they were terrific, you know. And the reason why you performed the play that night is, this is something I didn't know. The rule of thumb in the theater, apparently, is so long as the number of members of the cast is not greater than the number of people in the audience, the show goes on. So in in that case, it was a two-person play, and you had two people in the audience. Therefore, the show went on. So the show went on with Ty Scorey, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. He he when he came when he got moonlighting and he came back and I saw him and he said if you ever come back out there I'll I'd like to try to get you on the show. And I said, "Well, I, thank you, but I I didn't I really never went back, you know." Yeah, but look, but I I was happy for his success. It was a surprise to me, but you know, I haven't seen him in years. I did see him when he came to Philadelphia to do a movie came called 12 Monkeys. Mm-hmm. I went to visit him. Uh that was probably in the late 90s. But I, I haven't seen or talked to him since, you know. But he, he was, uh, he, he's a good guy, Bruce. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, Paul Newman was a good guy. Uh, Paul you're, Newman, you're, yeah. You're, you, you have a couple of stories about Newman that relate to your time driving cab. And I never talked to Newman. I've talked to a few people who acted with him. And your experience is in step with their experience in that he knew he was a star. He never acted like he was a star. He was as down to earth as anyone else. And he especially appreciated other actors. Oh, he did. He got a big kick out of the fact that I had written the play about my experiences because I had the flyer in the cab and I would hand them out to people in the industry that got in the cab just out of pride, you know, not expecting they would come. And it was opening like in 10 days when I picked him up, and I spent a couple hours with him. Yeah, he was a joy. He was very down-to-earth and unassuming. You know, a very generous man, too. He donated a lot of money to charities and uh, did a lot for people that uh, needed help. Uh, I think uh, maybe the general public doesn't know that about him. But he was a wonderful actor, and he was a good guy. He had a lot of substance. That was interesting. I I would say my encounter with him was... Something I finally remember, along with uh, Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor, that that was a very very interesting story, and other people as well. But that was a nice thing about the cab. I think I say it in the book. You know, when you take somebody in your cab, you really open the door to familiarity and and a lack of attention, because and and and, and you bring relaxation into it because you're they're not focused on driving. They can sit and relax. You're not eyeballing them. They see the back of your head. And it's a whole different storyline than if you approach somebody on the street or in a restaurant and you're general public and they're a celebrity. Totally different. And I always was very good at not falling all over notable people that got in my cab. I always treated them with uh, respect, 
but I, I, I also uh, kind of recognized their desire to be private. I could sense when they wanted to strike up a conversation and when they did. So when they were celebrity people, for example, in all walks of life, that, that wanted to talk and converse and pass the time, I engaged them. They could sense where I was coming from. It would filter into the back, the back seat of the cab, but they couldn't. They couldn't see me. So it it created a very uh, relaxing atmosphere, is what I'm getting at. And that was the, the great thing about uh, driving a cab with with because I mean I met really literally all kinds of people, anonymous people, famous people, uh, Beverly Hills people, people from England, people from Europe. Uh, they, they seem to all come to Beverly Hills, you know. Jim Rosen is on the line with us. Jim's latest book, People, Places, and Me, is a memoir of his life as a working actor and a working writer, both in L.A. and New York. We'll talk some more with Jim after this quick time out here on TV Confidential. Become an advertiser or underwriter of TV Confidential and let our brand help promote your brand. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com slash advertise. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow if you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you got to call All-American Dish right now. 800-296-1251. That's 800-296-1251. Hi, this is Rhonda Shear, and you're staying up all night or day with TV Confidential. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life, but it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Uber is the mobile app that connects you with a driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car, SUV, or you can choose UberX, the low-cost Uber for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. 
Payment is seamless and cashless. Build to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code TV Confidential after you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Hi, this is Robert Classy. You're listening to TV Confidential. Robert, you was a reminder that Riddle Lee will join us at the top of the hour. In the meantime, on the line with us right now is James Rosen. Jim's latest book, People, Places, and Me, is a memoir of his life and career as a working actor and a working writer, both in Los Angeles and New York. His experiences working on stage and on television on both coasts, and the many moments of encouragement Jim received along the way from people like Jack Lord, Jack Klugman, Bruce Willis, Tony Randall, Steve McQueen, Peter Finch, Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, and Paul Newman. People, Places, and Me is available exclusively at ClassicTVSeriesBooks.com. For our listeners on the East Coast, Jim Rosen is scheduled to appear at the Williamsburg Nostalgia Fest, which is held November 7th through November 9th in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, WilliamsburgNostalgiaFest.com. Before we went to break, Jim was telling us about the flyers that he kept in his cab back in the 1970s, flyers that promoted the theaters in Los Angeles where his plays were being performed. As we pick up the conversation, going back to the flyer, look, today we would call it networking, whether it's simply for Point of Pride or because you, you never know who's going to be in the audience. Oh, yeah, night. But yeah. the fact that you had your flyers with you in your cab to pass out when you thought it was appropriate, that's good networking. You know, it's funny. I'll give you two examples of the flyer that were funny. The first one, I was standing, uh, I had one in my pocket, and I was standing on the corner of Wilshire Boulevard. Uh, my cab was across the street at the cab stand at the Beverly Wilshire. And next to me was Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. So I looked at him, I recognized him, and he's a writer. I just pulled out the flyer and I handed it to him. I said, Mr. Allen, I just wrote this comedy drama. I said, you'd probably get a kick out of it. So he took it, he yanked it, he literally yanked it from my hand, <laughs> and he looked at it, and he turned and he grabbed my, my hand, he started to shake my hand vigorously, didn't say a word, he took the flyer, and when the light turned green, never looked at me, and walked away <laughs> with the flyer in his hand, and I got, <laughs> I got the biggest kick out of that, I could still feel my hand shaking, you know, the way he... Another time I was at the Beverly Hills Hotel and I was coming out, I dropped somebody off, helped them with their luggage or something, and Steve McQueen pulls up in this 1940s automobile. He was making a movie called, I think, Enemy of the People, so he had, uh, it was based on an Ibsen play and he was playing a doctor, so it was a period piece, he had long hair, he had the beard. He got out of the the car and I had a flyer, I, I didn't hand him a flyer, but I said, you know, I knew he had a production company, and he had done some low-budget films uh, unrelated to him that he would not star in. Uh, as he got closer, I said, "You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak up about the play. Maybe someone from his office will come out to see it. Maybe they want to develop it into a film. You know, you never know. He has done some low-budget films." So as he got closer to me, I thought, "But you know, he has a reputation of not being the, the friendliest." person or not someone you could easily approach you know if you're a stranger so i waited in my mind he's coming toward me and then i said ah go for it and you know i'm a young kid i'm a young guy what have i got to lose 
So I said, uh, excuse me, Mr. McQueen. I said, uh, uh, I've got a play that's opening up, and I thought maybe, you know, and I somebody from the office would come in. You know. He said, uh, it's about a cab driver in Beverly Hills. And he goes, without looking at me, he says, it's been done. It's called Taxi Driver. And he walked past me. And then I blurted out with such a sincerity. I said, no, sir. I said, this is not Taxi Driver. Believe me. And he turned around, and he looked at me and sized me up, and he came back to me. And all of a sudden, this cold and personal manner kind of dissipated, and he looked me in the eye, and he was very, very receptive. He said, well, he said, we, we have some people from the office, so we get out and see stuff. He said, I, I've got an office uh, in the first floor of the ICM building. You know where that is? I said, oh, sure. I said, I've dropped people off there. He said, why don't you come by there one day and drop off some flyers, and maybe we'll, we'll try and get out and see it. I said, okay, thank you very much. Thank you. So I think I shook his hand and started to walk away, and he calls out to me. He says, good luck with it, okay? <laughs> so that chance meeting was memorable to me because, you know, I was a total stranger. Here's an iconic movie star, and how many people approach him on the street, you know, and something I would never do today. But again, you know, this was, what, 40, over 40 years ago, and I was in a different uh, frame of mind at that point. He was someone I vividly remember, and I always, you know, admired him on the screen. He was a great, a great reactor, you know, uh, uh, in his movies. He loved to react to, uh, to what someone was saying. Sometimes he would give his lines to another actor in the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, he was he was known to do that. He yeah. did that in Bullet with Don Gordon. He would he would I want Don to say this. I don't want to say this. And then the the director would stay on McQueen's reaction to what Don Gordon was saying to the the other actor in the scene. That was typical of his career. Yeah, he's part of the memory. Jim's book People, Places, and Me includes many anecdotes of his encounters in front of the camera and behind the scenes with Jack Klugman, Paul Newman, Richard Burtman, Elizabeth Taylor, Steve McQueen, Michael Douglas, Woody Allen, Michael Landon, Peter Falk, James Conn, Bruce Willis, Mike Connors, Peter Finch, many, many, many others. People, Places, and Me is available exclusively through classictvseriesbooks.com. Calm. One of my favorite encounters, as uh, you mentioned, uh, we talked about you took a few months off when you're in your 20s. You went to Europe, and you had an encounter with Albert Finney. Albert Finney is one of those actors I always enjoyed. We just lost him a few months ago. Tell us your experience with Albert Finney. Well, I had seen a play, a two-character play that he did with, uh, I think it was Rachel Roberts, who was also a wonderful English actress. It was about the relationship of a couple over the years. It was a three-act play, I think, as I recall it. And I went and watched the play, and I marveled at the way they uh, performed. And I said, I'd like to go back stage and say hello to him. So I went backstage, and actually, they say he had just left. They said, you might catch him outside. I walked out the door, and there he was standing in front of a, uh, it looked like a Rolls Royce or a limo, some, something really fancy. He was standing by there. I guess he was waiting for Rachel Roberts. I don't know. And I just walked over to him, and I, I said, uh, Mr. Finney, I said, I'm, uh, I'm an American. I'm visiting here. I'm traveling. Uh, we're going to be traveling uh, through Europe and hopefully making my way to the Middle East. And I really enjoyed what you did. It was really uh, wonderful to watch the two of you. He thanked me, and he wanted to know what I was, where I was going to be going and 
where I was going to be traveling to and how much time I was going to take. And I told him that I was an actor. And he said, well, I think this is a wonderful thing you're doing. Uh, you know, I took a whole year off once to travel. And I can't begin to tell you how much it benefited me. So relish what you're doing and have a good time and take your time and take it all in. You'll never, ever regret this experience you're about to have. Yeah, he was a wonderful man. And yet another example of someone who encouraged you throughout your journey as an actor and a writer. I mean, so many people encouraged you. They recognized something about you, Jim. Moments like that, that has to keep you going during the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs of your career. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, working as a bartender and driving a cab, forgive me if I said this before, were wonderful jobs for someone like me and what I wanted to do because my given trade would be people given. And and what more could you ask than to just continually encounter people, all kinds of people, and benefit from the uh, social interaction you had with them. One of the people you encountered, this was not in front of the camera, this is at the Beverly Hills Health Club where you worked out when you first came out to Los Angeles. You have a story about playing basketball with Peter Falk. Now, Peter Falk is known around the world for playing Columbo, and Columbo was about as sedentary a character as you could possibly get. So it's kind of cool to imagine Peter Falk playing basketball. Oh, yeah, he was he was a character, yeah. yeah. Peter had one eye. He had a false eye. So uh, if he got a little rough, I, I would drive around the side of him where he couldn't see and and, <laughs> and get away from him. You know? <laughs> but he was a terrific guy. He really was. He was... If you ever met a guy that was uh, more down-to-earth and unpretentious, uh, it was Peter Falk. When I was working on Quincy, I would still see him on the, the lot, his rumpled raincoat, mm-hmm. you know, and once in a while I would stop and we would talk, you know, and I think I invited him to come see the play when it was running, but he was unable to make it. I, I have fond memories of Peter. He was uh, he was a real New Yorker, a real, a real good guy, and, and you know, uh, he really uh, embraced that character, developed it, and, and developed some really inimitable eccentricities with regard to Columbo and Look how many years it ran, and then it came back and ran for more, you know? Well, I would imagine if the shoe were on the other foot, and he's playing basketball against you, and he's guarding you, and he happens to know that you only have one eye, he would take advantage of you in the basketball court as well, because <laughs> all is fair in love and war and on the basketball court. Yeah, that's true. Listen, oh yeah, I used to uh, play ball there with a bunch of people from the business, you know, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. What else on the horizon do you have in store that you're able to well, tell Well, in, in uh, November, I'm going to go back and do the Williamsburg Nostalgia Fest. Uh, Larry Floyd runs it. He's a terrific guy. It's a wonderful little town, and it's a smaller show than Martin Graham's Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention, but it's 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 very family-oriented, so I'll do that for three days. Uh, Bob Fuller is coming back. He always draws a lot of people, so he'll be there, and uh, mostly guys. Uh, Kent McCord will be there from Adam-12. Patrick Wayne will be there, and uh, Alex Cord. Rob Word, who is a... Uh, a producer, writer, you know, he has a show on the internet called Words on Westerns. He interviews all people from old westerns. He'll be there. He does the moderation for all the panels. So it should be a nice show. Um, it's at a holiday in there, and it's very homey, you know. It's very, very family-oriented 
and I enjoy it. But I'm going to do a presentation on, on Route 66, my favorite show, to uh, talk about that. And then I'm going to think of do a presentation on the book. Jim's book is People, Places, and Me, People, Places, and Me, the story of his life and career as an actor and as a writer, both on the West Coast and on the East Coast, People, Places, and Me, available exclusively ClassicTVSeriesBooks.com, ClassicTVSeriesBooks.com. Jim Rosen, always a pleasure to talk to you. Look forward to our next conversation. So do I, and thank you very much for having me. Jim Rosen will also be appearing at the Williamsburg Nostalgia Fest, November 7th through November 9th. For more information, WilliamsburgNostalgiaFest.com. Ruta Lee will join us when we come back. Plus, we will play part one of Greg Airbar's interview with Roberta Levitow, Roberta Levitow, daughter of Abe Levitow, the director of such animated classics as Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. All that and more when we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Michelle Nichols. Adrienne Barbeau. Leonard Maltin. Joyce Bulletin. Peter Onorati. Judy Norton. Robert Wagner. Robert Hook. Lee Purcell. Julie Bass. Rhonda Shear. Michelle Lee. Jacqueline Smith. Bill Antonio. Shirley Jones. And many, many more of your favorite celebrities and people behind the scenes in the world of television. That's TV Confidential. Every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. Become a TV Confidential confidant and receive unlimited access to the last five years of TV Confidential, plus other members-only content. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com and click Become a Confidant. Enter the coupon code CONFIDENTIAL when you sign up and you'll receive $5 off your first month's membership. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com and click Become a Confidant. You can listen to this show all over again as a podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, TuneIn, Apple Podcast, and wherever podcasts are found. Best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the TV Confidential podcast, go to the homepage at televisionconfidential.com and click Subscribe Now. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-649-0142. 800-649-0142. That's 800-649-0142. Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how, go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 
or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.